0: Program
1: created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. San Diego police calling all cars, sensing all cars, broadcast 125 regarding a dead body at the Holmes Hotel. That's
2: so. all.
0: make ideal testing laboratories for gasoline. Every hour of the day and night, they travel over the same street that you drive on, meeting the same traffic congestion, stopping, stopping, eating up hundreds of times daily. And what gasoline do you suppose is proved most economical for police cars? You know, everybody knows, that more police cars are powered by real grand big gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. Of course, this gasoline was first chosen for police cars because of the unusual speed and power it did But the very refining process that makes Rio Grande crack the more powerful gasoline also makes it more economical. It is the exclusive, patented Rio Grande cracking process that breaks up the atoms so that every drop burns more thoroughly and creates more power than uncracked gasoline. Unless gasoline is cracked, whole drops pass through your cylinders without burning they drip down to dilute your oil. They go to waste after a drop. That isn't economical. Your car, every car, needs a gasoline that burns quickly, efficiently, without waste. Real Grande cracked gasoline has been proved by many cities and counties to keep accurate records to be the most efficient and most economical gasoline. If you want to get more for your money, If you want to enjoy police car performance in your own car, fill up your tank with the same Rio Grande-type gasoline that police cars use. Now it is our pleasure to present Chief of Police, George Sears of San Diego, California.
3: Chief Sears. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. When uh, you have spent most of your life in the policing business, you come to the realization that the unexpected is the thing to expect. An apparently simple crime may develop into an almost unsolvable mystery, and a baffling, clueless murder may solve itself. It uh, is customary for calling all cars to dramatize the more spectacular crimes in which there was an immense amount of police work. But in uh, tonight's broadcast, you'll hear a case which literally dropped into our lap. Uh, nevertheless, I believe it will prove of interest to you, uh, for it attempts to go behind the impersonality of a police file and search the souls of the human beings involved. If you were to read the story in the book, you would say that the writer's imagination was getting away from him, and yet this is the way it happened, just as you will not hear now.
0: the thief at Waikiki. Warm living moonlight paints the breaking turf with silver, catches the waving palm bronze on the white sand, throws deep shadows in the tropical jungle beyond. Through the heavy lush foliage glimmers the light of a campfire, and across the sweet scented night comes the sound of naked music. Swaying to the rhythm of the hula, three naked girls circle the fire, their grass skirts fishings. The guests at the luau, stuffed with fish and coconuts, papayas and mangoes, watched with sleepyness. Suddenly, one of them, an American sailor, nudges his companion. Hey, Henry, it's nearly eleven o'clock. We got to get going.
1: Why? I'm having a good time. Yeah, but the last liberty boat leaves at eleven thirty. Whatever, let us go. Oh, listen, Hank, you can't afford to report late again. I'm having too good a time to worry about Uncle Sam's navy they will get along without me until morning. Yeah, but your door leaves up at midnight. Yeah, uh, at midnight, I'll just be starting. Give me another swig of that old coolie. Oh, look, you've had enough Hank. You better come with me now. Ah, nuts! you make me sick, Red. Always spoiling up fun. I got a date. Uh, at least I think I have. Oh, a date? what? That little connect on oh, no. the right. Hey, sister, come over here a minute. Come on. Come on, I won't eat you. Come huh? Listen, my
2: partner here says I've
1: got to go home at midnight. But you're not going home at midnight, are you? Oh, no. I've not
2: know down. Maybe I'll not
1: Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go. Maybe you take a walk with me. Maybe. <laughs> oh, go on. Scram back to the paddleboard.
2: Lift your hand. Good morning. pretty nice.
0: Let you and I Next morning, when Seaman Henry Hoffman, sleepy eyed steps on the deck of his boat, a master of arms orders him to the captain's quarters. The captain comes quickly to the point. Huffman, you overstayed Shirley last night? Yes, sir. Uh, you see, I was held up. I missed the last Liberty boat. I don't want any more of your explanation.
1: You've been drinking, often. Oh, no, sir. Don't lie to me. I can smell alcohol when you clear across this desk. Well, oh, maybe I did have a few. <laughs> a few. But you know how it is, sir. Yes, yes, I know how it is. Your record shows this offense repeatedly.
0: Overstaying Shoreley's, arrest for drunkenness by the shore patrol, and so on. We don't want men like you in the Navy. But, sir... Your cruise is about up, isn't it, Hoffman? Yes,
1: sir, in three months. I've had more than enough of you in my command. I'm transferring you to San Diego for the rest of your enlistment. To San Diego? Yes, and furthermore, I recommend that you be given a bad combat this Oh, no, sir, please. That would mean I could never enlist again. Exactly. But, sir, the Navy's my whole life. I don't know anything. Else. I can't help that. You certainly you haven't been a very valuable head to the Navy. The Navy would be better off without it. Sure, I'll try to do better, I promise. You'll sail
2: on the pension tomorrow morning. That's all, Hoffman.
0: So, Seaman Hoffman goes home in disgrace. Back to San Diego to serve out the rest of his enlistment and then leave the Navy forever. Brooding upon what he considers the injustice of his case. He the upon his commanding
1: officer in San Diego. I'd like to speak to you, sir, regarding my record. Yes, Hoffman? As you know about me, sir. I have looked over your record. Not very favorable, is it? I guess not, sir. But I haven't been on report since I got here from the islands. No, Hoffman, that's right. You haven't. Well, sir, I'm doing my best to reform. That's commendable, Hoffman. I don't know what was the matter with me over there. My record was good before, but... I couldn't keep in line in Hawaii. You must really are, eh? Not only that, but the whole atmosphere of the place. The laziness of it. The beauty. Yes. I know what you mean, Hoffman. There are some men who can't stand the talk, Yes, sir. I guess I almost went native. I didn't want to do anything over there but to a rope and sit under a palm tree with one of those native girls. Yeah, lovely, aren't they? Yes. Sir, uh, I never met any woman like them. Neither have I. <laughs> that is it. Uh, uh, well, Hoffman, I think you've made your position clear. Yes, sir. I hope so. And you feel now that you've returned to these, uh, shores shores, that you can behave yourself? I know I can, sir. Very well. I'll place you on probation for the rest of the term of your enlisted. Oh, thank you, sir. You yes. don't know what this means to me. Very well, Hoffman. That will be all. Yes, sir. there, well, Henry. And then the old man's covered again. Not me. I've been selling a bill of goods. What do you mean? I think I got it about set so I won't get a bad conduct. Yeah?
2: Well,
1: oh. the old man's going to put me on probation until my hitch is up. And Make a willy boy out of you, huh? Well, it's worth it if I can ship over again. Why, right, that devil do you want to join up again? I think one hitch in this man maybe be enough for anybody. Mm-hmm. Not for me, Ed. I, right. well, I love it. That meaning. When you're a job, you're following tradition. John Paul Jones and Dewey and the rest. <laughs> it's not like a recruiting officer. Look at it this way, Ed. Where would you and me be if we weren't jobs? Jerk and Soda, are working in a garage somewhere. A fine life for a guy. And instead, here we are doing a man's job. Defenders of old glory and the banker's investments overseas. Eh, don't say that. That sounds revolutionary. Revolutionary, my eyes. I'm in mean, the navy because it's better than being on relief. And if you told the truth, that's why you're here. Oh no. Oh, it's more than that. Look out there, at that line of battle wagons with the smoke pouring out of the stacks. And the sun sinking behind them. Oh, that's pure. If I was an artist. I'd like to paint that. Oh, yeah. And then at night nice when the searchlights are signaling, The harbor looks like a bunch of giant lightning bugs that landed on us.
2: It. It's,
1: it's, it's thrilling, Ed. It. I never. You need a drink. Come on, let's go to show. Not me, Ed. I'm on probation. I ain't going to touch a drop. i got too much at stake. Too much at stake. 54 bucks a month and a kick in the pants. So long, that.
0: Regardless of the cynical observations of his messmate, Seaman Hoffman, the idealist, rigidly observes the term of his probation. After two months have passed, he prepares a letter to the naval authorities in Washington asking permission to reenlist. When it is completed, he takes it to the commanding officer, who promises to forward it to the proper authorities in Washington. Several days go by, and Hoffman hears nothing of his request. Finally, he determines to ask his commanding
1: officer about it. Well, Hoffman, beg pardon, sir, but have you received any news from Washington about me? There's a time, Hoffman. After all, the Navy Department has other things to consider besides your application. Yes, sir, I will, I said. But I hope... Maybe you had some news for me. I let you know, when I have. Yes, sir, but could you tell me, sir, have you any idea? Yes, I have an idea. I have an idea it will be bad news. Bad news? Yes. The board over at the training station read your application and forwarded it to Washington. But with it, they sent a recommendation that you be refused permission to re-enlist. But, sir, my probation... I've proven that I'm afraid good sheriff. Apparently, the officers do not feel that two months' of temporary behavior can overcome a year of bad conduct. I'm afraid there's not a chance for you, Hoffman. If you ask me, that's a fine way to treat a guy. I didn't ask you, Hoffman. That would be all. Yes, sir. Dazed
0: by the collapse of his boat, Hoffman breaks probation. Goes ashore with so, his messmate dead, seeks to forget his troubles in the far 50 of a waterfront saloon.
2: It's kicking a man when he's
1: down. That's what it is. I affected it. Hey, yeah. Have another drink. Yeah, that's what I need. Another drink, and another, and another. And tomorrow, what then?
2: Now hang over
1: and start all over again. What's the use, Ed? What's the use? The joy of living and all that junk you've been talking about. The glory of Uncle Sam's name. Yeah, I was on a bum course with that stuff, I can tell you. Ed, didn't you ever think, what's the use? Didn't you ever wonder why you was living and why you should go on living, yeah, what are you talking about? I mean, what's the usual You sound like a schoolboy in love. Hey, yeah. ain't thinking of bumping yourself off are you? I'm not sure, Ed. I'm not sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. The world will still go round without you in it. And the U.S. Navy will still get along without you in it. It is thirsty, Ed. You're right. Here I am, trouble with you, eh? Take life too seriously. Yeah, yeah. Right again, Edmund. Pour me another drink, will you? Sure, sure. Hey, okay. what are you putting in that drink? Just some medicine. Medicine for what? For what ails me? I didn't know you were sick. Sure, I am, Ed. 20 seconds. Well, here's to the miserable life. I can't do it, Ed. I can't do it. Hey, what are you talking about? What's the idea, of dropping your glass? I ass? can't do it. I can't. Hey, where you
2: going?
1: Gotta get out of here, Ed. I'll see you later. Well, of all the crazy jobs I even hey, do. Miss really?
2: Wheeler,
1: nobody chopped this bottle this way, all. Yeah, thanks. A What's the matter with that guy? He looks goofy to me. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's Didn't he even have the nerve to bump himself off? Hello, Taylor. Hello. It's nice out here in the
3: park on a hot night, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. What's the trouble? You it down in the dump? Yeah. Mind if I sit down for a while?
1: I feel total low too. What's the matter with you? Oh, nothing much. Just blue. Got no family, no job. You're lucky. What do you mean? You haven't got any job to lose. (laughs) (laughs) Funny way to look at it. Yeah, isn't it? You haven't got anything to live for. Why don't you commit suicide? I, I thought of that.
0: Uh, I haven't got the matter.
1: Do you want a guy? Very much use living these days, is it? No. Of course you wouldn't know about that. Being in the Navy and getting a three square a day and all. Yeah, I gotta think. Sure you have. That's what you think. Work like a slave, obey all the roads. Guys in the gold braid make up. And get it in the neck. Pick a Navy for you. Some people are worth off. Sure they are. A lot of people are better off. Where does that get you? Hmm. I need a drink. I know a good speakeasy. I I don't want to go where there's a lot of people. Well, how about you and me getting a room down at the Holmes Hotel and a bottle of liquor? That's more like it. Then we can get good and drunk, swine drunk. Come on. San Diego Detective Bureau, Hickman speaking. Yes. Yes. will be right down. Go on, you what's up? murder at the Holmes Hotel.
3: Nice to see you, officer.
1: Hmm. Nice looking mess.
3: That's just as I found him. I haven't touched the thing.
1: Stoked to death with that belt. And the wrist flash with that broken whiskey bottle. The body's still warm, Ed. Uh, loosen the belt around his neck. He's still alive. Mm. There. No, nope. I'm afraid not. Hard right, stop. Who is this lad? I
0: don't know. He registered here last night with a trailer.
1: A sailor. What name is he
0: here? Well, on the register it says Clark Gable and brother. Oh, no. Did you see the trailer leave the room? Yes, he left a few minutes ago. I wondered about the other one, so I knocked on the door a couple of times. Didn't get any answer. So finally, I let myself into the parakeet, and this is what I found.
3: Were you on the desk when they registered last night? No. Who was? Bob Dennis, my night clerk. Where is he now? Asleep. Wake him up! I want to talk to. Uh, It'll be a hard job. He just went to sleep. I don't care about that. Wake him up. Yes, sir. A
2: couple
0: of blocks away, at the same time, a drunken sailor
1: us into a little dry goods shop.
2: Good morning, young man. Can I show you something?
1: I don't want to buy anything. I want you to do me a favor.
2: Yes?
1: I just choked a man to death. Oh. I want you to call the police and tell him to come get me.
3: Oh, you've been drinking, haven't you, my boy? I just say you. And you're imagining things. Why, a nice young lad like you wouldn't choke anyone. Now, now why don't you go home and get some rest? Lucky, so you look as though you needed to. Get... I tell you, I just murdered a guy. Call the police for me, will you? Now, now, you're getting all upset. Please, take an old lady's advice and get some rest.
1: Ah, nuts. Look, Ed. fishing this belt around his neck as a folded towel. Yeah, and there's a pillow slip with some broken bits of bottle. Identical with the bloody pieces of glass. Better look the cross over for identification. Right. Here's the both of Oh, yes.
3: Sorry to wake you up, but you see what we're up against. Gee. Mm. Now, I want you to tell me all you know about the two men who entered this room. Well, They came in about 1 a.m., this, this fella, and the sailor registered, and the sailor paid for the room. Didn't you question them about the phony names?
1: Why should I? So long as they paid for the room, I don't care what names they give. I see. Well, what happened after that? Oh, I left the cross at six o'clock and went up to the room. Did you wake him at six o'clock? Yeah, I knocked on this door and there was no answer, so I went in and waked him. I, I left the light on and went out again. It was
3: pretty dark when I went in.
0: I see. Did you
3: notice the sailor leaving? No, I woke up the parts and then turned in. How about you? Did you see the sailor leave? Yes, I told you I saw him leave about half an hour ago. And he can't be very far away. There's a key from the
1: Gold Coast Hotel in this fellow's pocket, Ed. the only thing I can find. Good. You better go over there and see if they can identify him. I'll call the coroner and have headquarters check on the Navy landing stages. This guy hasn't gone very far yet. Two on and one of the dock. Sure, right.
2: Two on One on the dock. Coming up. Oh, morning, big
3: boss.
1: Hello, Edna.
3: What's wrong with you? You look like the tail end of a bad
2: night.
1: Yeah.
2: Wanna be a cup of jarver?
1: No. And I, I want to borrow a nickel. What
2: want borrow a nickel? What for?
1: I want to telephone the police. I just murdered a man.
3: Say, what are you trying to do? Kid somebody? Won't
1: anyone take me serious? I just murdered a man, I said. Choked him to death.
3: Pull a belt around his throat, cut his wrist with a broken bottle, kill him, do you understand? Murdered him. Hey, what's all the noise out here, Edna? Big boy here has been kicking
1: the gong around, boss. Trying to tell me he just bumped a guy over. What? Listen, Edna, will you
2: lend me a little? Right. Sure. Okay, sure. Here it is.
1: I'm kidding, do
2: you?
1: Hello. Give me a sweetsup bottle, will you? Hey, what's
3: this here? I'm going to be crazy or something. Didn't he support you killed
1: somebody? That's oh, what he said. He sure looks cool. Hello, police station. Listen, I just killed a guy. Here, yeah, come and get me. I'm waiting for you down at Blackie's Night nice Spot on B Street.
0: Officer Connors is dispatched to the restaurant and arrest Hoffman. Detective Dixon, notified of the sudden turn his murder mystery, rushes to headquarters to report the sale back to the scene of the crime. Completely composed, Hoffman is led into the room where the battered
3: coffin lies. Bob? Is this the sailor who came in with the deceased last night? Yes.
2: Yes, yes.
3: Whose body is that, Hoffman? I don't know.
1: I never saw him before last night. Did you register at this hotel with him last night? I just heard the clerk say so, didn't you? Did you kill him? Yes, I killed him. Sorry, oh, yeah, I did, though, poor guy. Why'd you kill him? You have to have a motive. I just killed him, that's all. You must have had a reason. Maybe I did. But that's neither here nor there. The poor guy's dead and I killed him. So I'll hang for it. Probably. If you won't tell me why you did it, perhaps you'll tell me how you did it. Sure. We checked in here last night and got plenty drunk. But I wasn't drunk when I woke up this morning. was pretty sober. I looked at him, sleeping there on the bed. Then I took the belt out of his trousers and got it around his neck and was choking him before he woke up. He struggled, but I didn't let go. I pulled tighter and tighter. Then he didn't struggle anymore. He just fell onto the floor. How did his wrist get up? I slashed him with a broken liquor bottle. I broke the bottle and the pillow slipped and then I cut his wrist. He didn't bleed much, though. But why did you do it? That's my business. I confess. What else do you want? Who is this fellow? I'm the slightest idea. I met him out in the park last night. He didn't tell me his name. It's tough for him, but he's better off, I guess. He said he didn't have much to live for. Maybe I did him a favor, huh?
0: Detective Roper's investigation of the identity of the slain man stops at his hotel, where the management informs the officer that his name is J. T. McDonald Jr. But no further clues to his identity or the whereabouts of his family are found in his room. Still puzzled by the attitude of Hoffman, Detective Dickman determines to find the motive for the crime. That evening, after the murder has been booked and his confession taken and signed, Dickman brings him to his office, questions him for hours. Meets a stubborn refusal from the taciturn sailor. But finally, long after midnight, the crew doctor breaks down the psychological barrier. Hoffman begins to talk. Tells Dickman about his troubles in the navy, about his probation, about the refusal of the San Diego authorities to recommend him
1: for reenlistment.
2: Well, I felt pretty well.
1: I was being kicked when I was down. I'd lived up to my end of a bargain. But the commander hasn't made a bargain with you. No, but I felt certain he understood me. Let's put it this way. I believed in the Navy. I didn't think the Navy let me down, do you see? Mm, I think I do. Well, when I got the bad news yesterday, I figured what to use. I went ashore and got a little drunk, and I decided I wasn't any good to anybody. So I might as well bump myself off. I bought some bichloride tablets at a drugstore and I put them in a shot of liquor. I didn't have the guts to drink it. It made me hate myself all well the more. Then I met this guy I murdered. We went to the hotel and got drunk. And this morning, when I woke up and sat looking at him sleeping, I saw the way out for me. It was all very simple, see? I killed him and gave myself up. Now I'll hang for it, and my troubles will be over. You mean you want to hang? Yes, of course. I didn't have the nerve to kill myself, so this way the state will do it for me. Oh, do you
3: have any feelings for the poor fellow you
1: murdered? Oh, he felt pretty low too. Said he was out of a job. He won't be missed. The world will be a better place all around with both of us out of the way. Mm-hmm.
0: When Hoffman goes on trial, he is without counsel, and the court assigns a public defender to plead his case for him. Roland DeSeer, defense attorney, enters a plea of not guilty and not guilty by reason of insanity. But an alienist finds Hoffman sane. Hoffman makes no effort to fight the charge against him. Willingly, he takes the stand, testifies in detail regarding the murder. At no time during the trial is it necessary for the district attorney Thomas Freeland to prove guilt. The defendant is only too willing to admit it. Finally, after the prosecution has demanded Hoffman's life for the state, the day comes when the sailor faces the ball of justice. Henry
3: Hoffman, stand and face
1: the cross. Before I pass judgment upon you, do you have uh, anything to say? Yes. Just this, yes, yes, Judge. hearing me. That's all I ask. Please hear me.
0: Henry Hoffman... This court finds you guilty of murder in the second degree. thereby sentences you to the state prison of standing Quentin for all the terms described by the law.
1: Terms described by the law. What's that mean, Mr. DeSphere? No,
0: from five years to last, the prison board will fix the term after you serve the year. Then they
1: aren't going to hang me? Doesn't look like it. You're lucky, my boy. Lucky? you
2: call it Lucky. No, 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 Judge. I don't, I don't want to live. I want to die. Please hang me, Judge. I'm guilty. Guilty as hell. Get it over for me, but I'm not going to die. I want to die. I want to take it over. I don't want to live. California
0: versus Jose Gonzalez. Judge
2: McClanister. <laughs>
3: Oh, Henry Hoffman, the man who wanted to hang lost, and is today serving out his term in San Quentin Penitentiary. We never found out more about his unfortunate victim than his name, J.T. McDonald Jr. If there's anyone within the town of my voice who may have information regarding the relatives or friends of J.T. McDonald Jr., I'd appreciate it if it
0: informed the San Diego Police Department. Thank you, Chief Sears. Ladies and gentlemen, look. An illustrated story of the strange case you have just heard is printed in the latest issue of the Calling All Cars News. Ask any dealer, wherever Rio Grande Crack gasoline is sold, for your free copy of this unusual publication and read more about tonight's Taylor murder and other strange cases broadcast on this program. Illustrated in this free publication are 15 different free gifts for boys and girls. Guns, microscopes, magic police pictures, complete junior detective in D-man outfits, in the past 30 days, Rio Grande dealers have almost doubled their sales of Sinclair motor oil. Motorists have discovered that this concentrated, purified oil has exclusive advantages found in no other oil. Thousands of motorists have switched in just the past month to Sinclair motor oil and find their motors run more quietly, accelerate faster, and develop greater speed and power than ever before. That's because all the wax and jelly extracted from Sinclair motor oil so there's no drag to cut down power and speed. Because Sinclair motor oils are so pure, so concentrated, so free from filler, they flow smoothly in intense cold and never break down, even at top speed when so many motor oils fail to give protection. Ask your Rio Grande craft gasoline dealer about Sinclair motor oils, and you'll discover why so many motors are changing to the finest motor oils made. Roger Lynplay, that he's a good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.